0: So then a week, daughter and wife started telling me strange things were happening in the house. But the entity hadn't left or came back. I'm not sure if they just stay or if they have access and just come to or throw to people's houses.
1: reading an email we recently received from a listener. Thank you for these wonderful episodes. I've learned a lot already and shared them with my friends. My husband listened to episodes four and five and had a comment. He's somewhat skeptical about spiritual things in general and says that limiting ghost phenomena to just demons is too simplistic, that if you didn't consider all kinds of spiritual entities such as earth spirits, energies from dead humans, perhaps cosmic spirits we don't know about yet. You may not have an accurate view of reality. I agree with the way you laid out the unseen realm. Is there any way to help my husband with his doubts? Sincerely, Diana. Diana, thanks for the email and those kind words. I hear those ideas often, so I decided to answer in quick pod format, just in case others with maybe the same questions could benefit. First of all, I believe I'm a dual being with a physical body and a supernatural spirit. When I'm given a biblical truth, I believe it because the Holy Spirit, living with my spirit, as John 16, 13 says, quote, guides me into all truth, end quote. But my view of reality doesn't really end there. Having accepted the truth by faith, I can now follow the examples of who Luke called the noble Bereans. Acts 17, 11 says this group of believers, quote, received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so, end quote. In other words, they received a truth in Scripture by faith, then proceeded to test the proposition within physical reality. In addition to the Bereans, I'm so glad that God included a brief profile of the Apostle Thomas in Scripture. He's been nicknamed Doubting Thomas, which I think is unfortunate. I believe Thomas had a personality that was just a little more curious than the others. When he heard the others talking about how they had seen the risen Jesus alive, he said, quote, Unless I see in his hand the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. And, you know, when Jesus appeared to Thomas later, he didn't give him a harsh reprimand, as we might expect. Instead, he essentially provided Thomas the opportunity to verify the truth experientially. Jesus said, go ahead, Thomas, examine my wounds for yourself. If you haven't listened to episode four, I suggest you do that. It discusses how in Ephesians 6.12, Paul lays out several clear propositions about the nature of reality. So here's what I do with what I call the Ephesians hypothesis. First, I accept it as true by faith. Next, I do what is essentially the premise of this entire podcast series. I take real-world experiential observations and hold them up to these propositions. I want to know whether the evidence lines up with what our hypothesis might predict. In science, this is just known as hypothesis testing, and it's a big part of the scientific method. And as you've probably heard, science never proves anything. It can only gather evidence. We make decisions about the nature of reality based on evidence. The more the evidence supports a hypothesis, the more we tend to accept it as true. Now, back to your original question, why do I believe that fallen spirits or demons are the source of paranormal phenomena? First, because by faith I believe that the proposition in Ephesians 6.12 and other passages are true. Then, after much data gathering, I note how the preponderance of real-world experiential evidence supports those propositions. After many years, my conclusion is that the Ephesians hypothesis is the best explanation for the reality that I experience. Another point that was raised is whether the Ephesians hypothesis may be too simplistic. People might argue if you blame everything on demons, then naturally everything will always seem to be explained. Well, simple doesn't necessarily equate with being wrong. As most people know, science often refers to what's called Occam's razor when forming a hypothesis. It essentially says all things being equal, the simplest solution is likely the correct solution. Now, obviously, this isn't anywhere near a scientific law. For example, let's say I'm walking down the street with my hammer in hand after just helping a friend fix his fence. As I pass by a parked car, a hailstone suddenly plummets down and crashes the windshield. Then a pigeon flies full force through another window and breaks it. A moment later, a renegade missile from a nearby military base breaks through one window and out the other. And so the car owner runs out and says, somebody called the police. The simplest explanation is that I took my hammer and broke all the windows. However, the truth was obviously much more complicated. This was a very odd and unlikely series of events, though. Occam's razor is still a good logical starting point for explaining a phenomenon most of the time. Statistically speaking, the simplest explanation is usually correct, even when it might sound oversimplistic. I do confess, however, that as long as I'm in this natural realm, I'll never be out of that data gathering mode. I want to understand scripture better. I want to be able to discern experiences better. I still have questions about many details of how the unseen realm interacts with the natural world, but I like it that way. I want to search the scriptures like the Bereans, but I also like considering experiential data like Thomas. That's why we encourage listeners to send us comments and questions and to share experiences with us. The more discourse, the better. It's okay to ask questions about spiritual things. It's also okay to examine experiential data in light of scriptural truth. As 1 Peter 3.15 tells us, In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. We have a guest today who had an interesting experience several years ago. I've asked him to share that with us. And for the sake of his family, he would like to remain anonymous. So we're going to call him Don, if that's okay. I've known Don for many years now, and I can affirm that he is a godly, down-to-earth man. The event he'll be describing ties in with some of the episodes that we've done recently. And I think the listeners will find this informative. Don, I'm here with Suzanne. Thanks for joining us.
2: Yes. Hi, Don. To start with, could you tell me about the encounter that you had?
0: First of all, I want to say I'm not doing this for fame or fortune because I'm not being paid a penny and and they don't know who I am, so I'm only doing this, so maybe I'll have someone out there.
1: That's the idea um, That's good. so my daughter in middle school
0: befriended a girl I, I give her a name name's Megan, and then Megan came to the house oh maybe three times on a normal visit. And two times on sleepovers. And all were without incident except the last sleepover. We moved the mattresses in the den so they could sleep in the den. And about two in the morning, I heard screaming. They were banging on the walls and banging on the bedroom door. Oh! And I came out. It took about 30 seconds to get them calmed down enough to tell me what happened. I thought the house was on fire or something. But they were sitting in the den. They were still awake. And something went between the girls. My daughter said it kind of scratched her back a little. It went through, and another girl did something to her. I don't know what it was. This, this was ten years ago. So I don't have, I don't remember every little thing. But okay, and they were big time frightened. And they said once it went through, it went in front of the TV and it blacked out the screens. that went across, so they knew it was it was something because you don't just black out a TV screen if you're nothing. And it went down the hall, so. Finally figured out that Megan talks to spirits. Oh! And, uh, I guess they talked back to her, and she was she eventually started saying stuff like, "Is it is it John's spirit? Is it so and so's spirit?" It's, she thought these spirits were spirits from friends of hers that I guess in the night they just got bored and left the person went around.
2: Mm. Wow! But
0: I don't know if she knew anything about demons. So I figured that out, but it was getting really late, so we didn't talk about it that night. We just all went to bed. The next morning, we all got up and had a little breakfast, and I started talking to Megan about it, started warning her what she's doing, I gave her a few Bible verses, and about that time, her dad showed up. I, and I needed more time with her, to talk about it, but it didn't work out, so. She left, and, and that was the end of everything. Well, actually, it wasn't the end. That's that just the beginning. Okay. So, so then a week, my daughter and wife started telling me strange things were happening in the house. But entity hadn't left or, or, or came back. I'm not sure if they just stay or if they have access. They just come to and fro to people's houses. And I'm not sure about all that. But my wife had something grabbed her foot a time or two. She was sleeping oh. in the bed. And something poked her in the back through the mattress. She'd heard uh voice saying, Mom, uh, Mom um, daughter was hearing her name called. Oh wow. So I knew I knew we had some problems with this thing and uh so that kinda went on for a little bit and I was kinda in denial. I didn't I didn't think that a demon would want to be in the house with Christian living there. I don't think they can inhabit a Christian's body, but, but as far as inhabiting a place where you are, evidently they can. So I was trying to figure out what to do. I would, I would pray to the Lord to, to remove this demon, and nothing was happening. By the time I heard on the radio about this, I think it might have been a pastor. They took in a destitute girl in their house for about a week or two, and when she left, they had really strange things happening in their house, which culminated one night. They saw a black figure going up the staircase. They knew, they knew they had problems. So they looked around their house and they found a bunch of books on magic under that girl's bed where she slept. Oh. And they got those out of the house and they had no trouble after that. So I, I told my daughter, look around, and see if Megan left anything in the house. Maybe that's, maybe that's why they're still here. They, they're they feeding off those things somehow. But we couldn't find anything. I hope her look. We couldn't find anything. So that was kind of a dead end. And uh, I was a little bit in denial and still praying, but this entity never affected me at all. Except one time I was walking through the master bedroom to the room addition, and I noticed a shadow on my left, but there was no light on the room. So I thought, that's strange. I looked over to the left, and there was something floating over the bed. It was a um, looked a little like a human body, but of course the face didn't have any really definition to it. It was like the human body from about about halfway down to the knees up. it was no legs, much. It was kind of bobbing up and down a little bit, and it was changing colors. Oh wow! It's kind of kind of pastel colors. Didn't make any sound or anything. And you would think that would scare me to death. I had zero fear. Wow. Not no fear whatsoever. And I'm not scared of demons because they have no power. God has ultimate power. Demons don't. So I wasn't scared at all. But I knew we got problems here. I got to do something different. Just praying about this is not working. So somehow I got the name of a lady that has been involved in casting demons out of places. And I called her and I told her what's going on, and she told me what to do. That was, I think, it might have been on a Saturday. So early Sunday afternoon, I sat on the bed in the master bedroom, and I called out loud, claimed the blood of Jesus, and, and I demanded that he leave because of the blood of Jesus. And then all of a sudden, for about one second, my bed shook where I was sitting on. Wow.
2: No. That felt like an 8, 8.0 earthquake or something. hmm Lasted about a second,
0: and then it quit. And then after that, I kind of knew it was all over. The demon was cast out. But, uh, you know, just praying for it silently didn't do anything. But but it, in a way, it didn't do anything, but in a way, I think it did. I think it uh, I think it empowered my final prayer, mm-hmm. praying, praying for it every day like that. Because you know, like Jesus said, these these kind can't come out by anything except prayer. And you think he said fasting. Mm-hmm. You know, his uh, disciples could cast out his when Jesus said "You only comes out through prayer. Well, I, I prayed, you know, a week or two before that time.
2: Um, I feel like, Don, that your prayer was working um, and effective because it was pairing your heart. But also God answered your prayer by giving you tools for how to get the demon out of your house um, through hearing the thing on the radio. And then you got in contact with the right person. I feel like your prayer was still powerful.
0: My wife's never heard anything, have had any issues with that. Never had any issues with me, I've never seen anything else.
2: When the when you prayed and you cast the spirit out, um and you said you just knew it was gone, did you, besides the shaking, did you have like a different feeling or you just knew?
0: Well, I don't remember having a feeling necessarily. Okay. It's been ten years, so it's hard to <laughs> say exactly.
2: I love that I you had no fear. Weird. That's incredible.
0: But actually, <laughs> I say it was all over. One thing happened five months later, which is kind of strange. We have a Florida room back of our house, and I walked into the Florida room one day. There was about 75 or 80 flies in there. Oh. <laughs> you know, someone might say, well, you shouldn't leave the door open. Well, the door wasn't left open because we rarely use it, but we never leave it open. And I, you know, I didn't bring anything from the outside. and sat in there and the flies hatch out strange I got, I got, got, got looking around reading some things I, I think the demon was able to do that
1: because you know, there is no other explanation for that but you knew so, from the beginning i mean from the very onset of this you suspected a demon and not a ghost or anything else
0: well i don't really believe in ghosts
1: <laughs> yeah
0: just demons
1: and this I mean, gr- this girl suspected it was a spirit of her living friend you said
0: yeah yeah, she thought it was just people she might have known. that was just their spirits came and just, I don't know, just whatever they did. She she got it from her aunt. Her aunt was big into that. Hmm. So, that's, so she did it, too. And, and the supposedly, the daughter has asked her since then, are you still doing that? She said, no, I quit doing that. You know, I, I hope that's the case.
1: Yeah.
2: Did you pray over the flies, too?
0: No, I used a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> sucked them all up
2: that's a great idea
0: after that they never came back again
1: Hmm. how does your wife feel about all of this
0: she's still kind of creeped out by it Hmm. she she doesn't she don't like talking about it very much
1: and your daughter does she talk about it
0: Mm, no unless i ask her something no not really i forgot to mention there was a girl it was a friend of my daughters came in not long after this thing started and she she hollered and told Kimberly. There's something in the bathroom. And she said it was some kind of being. It had extremely white hair. This kind, of, kind of hair was kind of with the face. You couldn't make out any facial features.
1: This was another girl, right?
0: Another girl came in, and uh, she's Kimberly went there. She said she went in there and didn't see anything. So she hollered out, "Show yourself!" And she saw it in the mirror. She said, "Ooh." But I, I never saw anything like that. I just saw that one thing over the bed. That's that's the only thing that I'd ever that I ever felt or saw was that one thing. I guess it was it's, trying to dazzle me or something. You know, it was really colorful. And if it had been something that looked grotesque, it gives you a different feeling. But if it looks beautiful, it's colorful, looks beautiful.
1: I'm glad you have a biblical worldview. Yeah. Some people could have really gotten shaken and disturbed by something like this.
0: didn't bother me in a way, but I knew something, something had to be done because we can't just keep living
1: like this. Yeah, that's what I appreciated about your story, that it was just straightforward, what the biblical view is of demonic things. Mm. You did the right thing. It's not something you want to mess with or live with, for that matter.
0: Right. I don't want to interrupt again, but, but now I know more what to do now. And hopefully if somebody's listening to this, they'll know what to do more now, too.
2: Yeah. So when you saw the floating apparition, was it over the side of the bed where your wife sleeps?
0: No, did it just pretty was just right over the middle of the bed.
2: Right over the middle, and
0: course, she we... went. She went around there. She was way back in the room edition. She... Wait, did this
2: there. event change how you let your daughter's friends in the house?
0: It, 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 we've been a little more careful since then. We don't want mm-hmm. to see anybody coming in here. Yeah, definitely. You know, you can't tell by looking at
2: someone.
0: Right. I guess it to come in, you know, drooling and snarling and all kind of stuff. We didn't know something was up. but possibly. I
2: think you make a great point that we can't always see what's going on in people's spiritual world. She's just maybe messing with some things that uh, are dangerous. Oh,
0: yeah. She's very nice and sweet. She just listened to her aunt, I guess, and started. Right. Getting her aunt, told her she ought to do, start talking to spirits.
2: You know? Whereas like when you when you talked to it, you rebuked it in the name of Jesus. Yeah, it's a completely yeah. different conversation.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: And we do have yeah, that a, we have that authority.
0: Yeah, I'm glad I do, because you know, I, I don't have the power to get a demon out of my house. I can't even grab one. I
2: can't get him out. <laughs> right.
0: So my only hope is to get him out spiritually, not physically or uh, anything else.
2: I think your story also has some really good points because we've talked about the question of can demons affect the physical world and your story they were your wife was touched and poked and yeah. then you saw things um yeah. uh, and they felt the brushing um and then the the screen something went between them and the screen so like definitely like not just a spiritual thing happening but also in the physical
0: yeah, they have the power to do that. Yeah, you know, I don't know all the rules and things have to flip by, but <laughs> but yeah, they have certain things they can do and certain things they can't do. I'm sure.
1: The image but, that you saw was it smoky, fuzzy, solid?
0: Well, there wasn't a lot of light in the room. Uh, it wasn't real solid, kind of between solid and gas, you might say, mm. between the two. But it's it's been ten years, and I didn't I didn't just stop there and just stare at it for a while. I just kind of. <laughs> I was walking, I looked at
1: it. Yeah, how long did the whole event last? How many, how many seconds or minutes?
0: The time I saw it, I was out of the room in three seconds. I didn't seem to even stay in there. But you know, that might have been a good time to cast it out of my house looking back on it, but I didn't do that.
2: Don, thank you so much for sharing your story. I feel like this could be really valuable yeah. for some of us who are maybe struggling or just for the whole spiritual perspective that we're trying to portray on our podcast so i thank you for sharing that
0: yeah thank you god
2: yeah and it's just really great to hear a positive paranormal encounter that's not terrifying or scary thanks for listening if you would like to comment or ask questions send us an email at paranormal at gmail.com you can also get more info at our website thinkingaboutthebible.com We hope you found this podcast useful and interesting. If so, please share it with others and please subscribe here on this YouTube page and hit that thumbs up button. Goodbye for now.